This podcast is sponsored by my favorite CBD and wellness brand, NatureCan. NatureCan was founded by the ex-CEO of MyProtein, Andy Duckworth, and NatureCan is now live in over 40 countries worldwide. One of the aspects CBD can really help a cyclist with is anxiety reduction. So you might be thinking, yeah, well, that's great, but I don't struggle with anxiety, which is fair. But do you ever struggle with motivation? Because we know that motivation and anxiety are linked in that they both influence behavior and emotional regulation. Since I started using NatureCan CBD, that voice in my head, you know, the little voice that challenges your decision as to whether you should go training or not. Well, that voice has been totally quietened. Head on over to NatureCan.com today to check out their full range of CBD and wellness products. That's NatureCan.com. This is episode 695 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. Today I want to give you some tips as you make the transition from road to gravel. Let's cue that intro! Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness, and longevity. Now let's get into the show. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. Unless you've had your head under a rock or maybe you've had your head under a bit of gravel, you will have noticed that gravel is gaining more and more traction and popularity among cyclists. People who want to explore new terrain and they want to experience that thrill of off-road riding, but they're maybe not quite ready yet to go full mountain bike specific. Gravel riding comes with a unique set of challenges that require specific skills and preparation to make sure that you have a fun and a safe ride. Today I want to give you a few of the lessons that I've picked up in the past year riding gravel. That's not me and uh, some sort of declaration of retirement from the gravel scene. I am definitely not one and done with my gravel experience. I'm actually building my year around gravel racing this season. I'm absolutely hooked on it. Last couple of days I've just been putting my plans in place. I'm going to open up my gravel season with Traca out in Girona. Uh, let me see, let me pull up the old calendar. I have Traca out in Girona, then I have a couple of road races, then I'm heading to the migration gravel race out in Kenya, Rift over in Iceland, Leadville over in the US, Badlands in Spain in September and the Gravel Earth final at the end of September. So it's a pretty packed season with a lot of gravel. That's really going to be the focus for me. Plus, I've just taken delivery of my new Factor Ostro Gravel, which is still sitting in a cardboard box in the hall, much to the annoyance of Sarah. So I promise Sarah I'm going to get that built up real, real soon. <laughs> I want to talk to you about some of the lessons I've learned in the past season riding gravel. It's been every day has been a school day, as they say, as I transition from road to gravel. And tire pressure was one of the earliest things that caught me out. Coming from road racing, I came from road racing when you just turn up to road racing, regardless of if it was raining, totally sunny, rough tarmac, smooth tarmac, it was 120 psi in the tires. I used to put 140 PSI into my tires when I was time trialing. So this whole era of lower tire pressure, that's been new to me and I've had to adjust to it. And it's certainly not going to work with just banging full pressure into your tires on gravel. Well, at least it's not going to work if you want any grip whatsoever. Now, there is no one tire pressure fits all prescription. People always want to know, what tire pressure should I ride? You're running in Lakeland Gravel Grinder at the weekend. What tire pressure should I ride? Tire pressure is very dependent on the width of the tire you're using, the weight of yourself, the weight of your bike, the type of gravel you're riding, and even the brand of the tire. Making the calculation as to what pressure you're going to ride, it can actually be enough to start making my head spin a little bit. 
So it was a massive game of trial and error for me. That was until I interviewed the Silka founder, Josh Portner, and he pointed me in the direction of a tire pressure calculator that he has over on the Silka website. Just go and use that. It just makes your life so easy. Input your tire brand, width, body weight, bike weight, type of gravel you're going to be riding, and it's going to spit you out the tire pressure you should be riding. Whammo. It's like magic. Just use it every single time. I use it even on my road bike now. It's magic. Let's talk braking technique. When cycling on gravel, it's essential that you get out and you practice proper braking technique. You know, I would never say to somebody, you need to get out on the road and practice braking technique unless you're a total beginner. But it's not the same on the gravel. You do need to get out and practice your braking technique. You need to get out on the dirt and practice before you jump into an event. This means using both your front and rear brake in a controlled manner to slow down and stop really try avoid slamming on the brakes because that's going to cause you to lose control and you're going to shoot over the bars like a rocket you're looking to apply pressure evenly to both brakes this is going to help you maintain control it's going to avoid those accidents you want to think about the corners as it doesn't really matter how fast you go into a corner if you come into a corner at 50k an hour downhill and gravel and you have to lock up both brakes skid and you come out of the corner at five kilometers an hour that's no good it's all about carrying speed through the corners. So it doesn't matter how fast you go in, it's how fast you come out of the corner that you really need to worry about. The feel of braking on gravel, it's completely different because the bike moves under you. It slides, it gives. Try not to fight the bike. Let it move under you. Stay calm. Try not to have any tension through your shoulders, through your elbows, because that's going to be transferred into the line you're taking. Let the bike go where the bike wants to go. But practice, practice, practice. Line selection is huge too. And by that I mean like as you approach a corner, the fastest way through the corner isn't always the apex. If you look ahead into the corner that you're looking to go through, the apex, which is technically the best way to go through the corner, you know, entering narrow, exiting wide, that could be a deep line of sand that you don't want to go near. So you need to look ahead, scan, and pick that line selection. Pete Stetner was on the podcast a while back and he talked to me about gravel riding being a constant search for grip and he's 100% correct when cycling on gravel there's often so many lines to choose from good line selection skills it involves finding the smoothest and most stable path through rough terrain you're looking for areas with better traction to avoid stuff like loose gravel or rocks that's going to cause you to puncture or your bike to slide or lose lose control by choosing the right line, you're going to be able to maintain speed, you're going to be able to maintain stability, and you're going to minimize your chances of puncturing. The last thing that I learned this season, and this was a really a Badlands one that hammered this into my head, you need to be self-sufficient. I've often gone out on road spins with just a tube in my pocket going, off. Oh, if I puncture, I'll get a pump or levers off one of the lads, or maybe I didn't have a power link with me. Gravel roads are often very, very remote with few amenities or resources available you're not going to find a coffee stop on the trails actually last year we started bringing out an aeropress on some of the spins and making a little brew in the woods it was good fun because i had that little uh, bag that goes under your top tube and you can fit so much into that experiment with that sort of stuff but it is important to be self-sufficient from a maintenance and a fueling perspective and carry everything you need for the ride so i'm talking tools spare tubes plugs sealant water food I used BAM from Muckoff for the first time last week, and it was like magic. I went out, I mentioned this on Newbie Questions, I went out to Hote for a spin, and, and schoolboy error, I had punctured with Sarah out training the previous week, and I hadn't fixed the puncture properly, so as soon as I put some air into it, I was slowly losing air, and by the time I hit the trail, it was starting to go down, and I was like, oh, this is the last thing I need. 
and it was the first time carrying a can of BAM with me. Had it strapped to my top tube, and I just pinged the BAM in. It's like air and sealant all in one. Brilliant. I'm going to be using it on all my rides going forward, and I'm especially going to be using it on races. It's also a good idea to plan your route ahead of time on your GPS. So using routes that have been pre-ridden by your peers, that saves you a lot of trial and error and potential problems. The roads are getting increasingly dangerous out there, and I really hate that us versus them debate which is going on between cars and cyclists because the reality is most of us wear multiple hats. Most of us are pedestrians at some point, we're cyclists at some point, and we're car drivers at some point as well. So the us versus them debate just seems so weird, but it seems to be raging hotter than ever. Whenever I have time, whenever I have a day off and I'm not recording on the podcast and I find myself wondering what sort of ride I'm going to do today, I'm increasingly drawn to riding on the dirt. Apart from the safety, there's something really zen about it. But as much fun as it is, it's not road cycling and it does need a slightly different level of preparation to make sure you stay fun and you stay safe. But before I do chat to you tomorrow, can I ask you to do me one small favor? If you're listening to the podcast, can you please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening? And if you have 30 seconds to spare, please review the podcast in Apple or on Spotify because it makes such a difference in letting our peers know, letting other people that come along to decide whether they should listen to the podcast or not, letting them know that it is a podcast worth listening to. Roadman, thanks for tuning in. I'll chat to you again tomorrow.